Like, I appreciate people that, that actually work for shit. It's like, it's not even just in military, it's in life itself. It's like, if you work for the shit that you want, you appreciate it a lot more than if it was handed to you. I think everybody needs to go to some form of basic training. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the world, to some form. It doesn't have to be, like, overly extended to, like, the extreme. Went down three times that. The temperatures and pressure. That that thing exploded. Like, they they were... They were hearing knocking in the water. That was the submarine exploding. I thank you for being the 1% that fucking decided yep. to raise their hand. Oh, I recognize you. You're from the Low Gravity Podcast. Oh, in public? Yeah, I was like, I'm running down, running the down there. I'll slap you, your mother, and your father. Favorite, it's definitely my favorite. Spit it out, Junior. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. That was me. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Low Gravity Podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy the last podcast. If you like this one and you like the last one, don't forget to hit the like button, comment, and subscribe. Don't forget to hit the notification bell so you never miss an upload. We are also on Apple Music and Spotify if you are new to the podcast. Um, Making the mixtapes. Yeah, shut up. Uh, we actually have a special guest on today, uh, a friend from back in the day, Anthony. What's going on, buddy? Anthony. Nice. Talking to yeah, yeah, just talking to talking it. it. Not much. I've been chilling. Chilling, fresh off of the deployment, just like you. Yeah, something like that. He had a nine month. I only had a six. So you got lucky. Yeah, I did. He got fucked. I think it's just an Air Force thing. Shorter. Yeah. What do you win? Uh, Army. Uh, yeah. My friend's uh, someone we had on the podcast is in the army. She's um, she's away for a year. Alyssa. Yeah. 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 She went to. She went to the fucking. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Some fucking easy. You went where again? I went to Kuwait. Kuwait. That's a pretty cool experience, huh? Yeah, not bad, you know. Just hot, dry, sucks. See, like, I wouldn't mind that. I love the heat. Oh. Fuck that. No, this is this is a different type of heat. Yeah, it's like, when we first got there, it's like 2 in the morning, right off the plane, 100 degrees at 2 in the morning, plus humidity. Whew. I was like... No, this is ass. All right, that's a little something. That's li- like, I like heat, but like two in the morning type heat. Oof, that th- so what the fuck was the temperature during the day? So I got there in July. So during the day, it was like oh, 120. You were, you were dead. So You were dead right in the middle of summer as soon yeah. as you got there. What were you guys doing there? Security? Yeah, we were sec four for high Mars, as much as like artillery rockets. Shit, dude. I was uh, deployed with MPs and then some artillery too. Yep. Different state, but... Uh, it was different. I never worked with army guys like hand in hand so close. Yep. Until then, and bro, they're just fucking. They'd say they say and do wild shit. Yeah, I heard that that part of the branch is pretty crazy. It's like reckless. It's not even like crazy. Like marines crazy. Like army's reckless. Yeah, like I don't know if you worked with any of our battalion there. Like the infantry guys, crazy people, but cool people. So it's like the people you want to know. But like for the right situation, yeah, yeah. that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, obviously, everybody has the, everybody has their own idea of like wanting to go into the service. What made you want to go into the service? Honestly, I was just like, I didn't want to go to college, so like, join the military. So it was like an all. Why? Why infantry though? Well, I wanted to be an MP, but I didn't have my license at the time. 
So I was talking to my recruiter. I was about to go MP, but he's like, do you have your license? I was like, no. He was like, I can't do it then. But then my friend's dad, he was airborne infantry, active duty for like 20 years. So I was like talking to him prior, building up. And my recruiter asked me, what do you want to do then? I was like, I'll go infantry. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you spend your weekends in the woods and stuff. I was like, that's fine. And that's how I got infantry. Yeah, so I, I I don't know exactly what that what that what that is. What is that? Army infantry is literally it's a combat skills course, but then it becomes in your MOS, and literally your sole job is ground defense, but also like uh, how to react to contact like troops in contact, engaging okay, yeah, engaging contact. You you're, you lead missions in regards to like uh, raiding villages, um, convoys. Like that's the army's fucking guru. Like that's all army. Army recon. There obviously there's like marine na- recon teams and air force uh, intelligence recon teams, but like theirs is like solely like when you think of like troops first there, it's them or the marines. Gotcha, gotcha. That's like what the army does, and then like we have like our air force guys who are like infantry, but they're like they're expeditionary squads, so all they do is train like them or with them, mm-hmm. and like with special forces guys. Whereas okay. them, like, that's like, oh, you, oh, we have a special courses guys in the fucking fire team. Cool. That's normal for them. But am I missing anything? I mean, you guys have a crazy qualifications, too. Yeah, I mean, you everything, like, pretty spot on. Yeah, like, yeah, infantry is, like, engaging the enemy. Security, like you said. Yeah, pretty good. This work, so dude, I just, I just work hand in hand with them. Like, between I've done I've done work with them and I've done work with uh, the Navy. And it was, like, working with... Army recon guys, I was like, dude, I learned a lot. They're like, what, Cav Scouts? Like, stuff like that? Yeah, Cav Scouts. And then, uh, what is it? Fucking. Is it 17, Charlie? I can't even remember. But yeah, dude, like, these guys literally will, like, their sole mission is to go out, recon a site, don't get caught, and come back. If they get caught, like, they teach you how to, like, um, react to contact. But at a distance, like stupid distances, like 1,500 meters, 1,200 meters, 800 meters. I was like, what the fuck? Some of the shit that you guys do, I mean, like, and everything, like, infantry related is straight from the Ranger handbook. And, like, Rangers are army. Yeah, Rangers but, like, lead the way. They legit lead the yeah. way in anything infantry. Like, anything re- in regards to, like, you're getting shot at. There's something in the fucking book that states how to react to that or what to do. It's sick. Like, Rangers are, like, highly, highly, highly respected. Didn't you want to go into that? Yeah. I can go to the course whenever I really want. I okay. just need to try out for can it. You? Yeah. I didn't know Air Force could do that. Yeah. It's just a bitch. There's yeah. like there's like a really fucking... We do a pre-ranger, and then after we go through pre-ranger with the Air Force, the Air Force pays for us to go through the whole course, obviously, if we get to go. But, like, once we're there, like, it's a bitch to go through, obviously, because we're Air Force. So there's, yeah. like, oh, a whole bunch of fucking Army guys and one, two Air Force guys. There's going to be, like, some sort of... Like, we're not going to click right away. Yeah, and, like, so we have, like, two rangers in my unit. And, like, they went to the school. It's about a three-month-long school. Yeah. And it's, like, different phases. It's, like, a swamp phase, a mountain phase, and it's, like, one more phase. I don't know, but it's, like, three months long. Pretty terrible. And you can get, like, peered out. So You can literally go through the whole course and get peered out. Yeah. What does so, that mean? So, like, uh, like, if you don't like someone, how they do something, or you all agree amongst each other. Like, oh, we don't like this guy. So it's like a peer rating. Like there's a, there's yeah. a legit ranger report card that people ha- like keep on them, like on their everyday jobs after they fucking complete it. They keep their ranger like report card on them just to prove it. Obviously, that they went to the course. Gotcha. Because there are a lot of people that have fucking ranger tabs. Yeah. So like having the ranger tab is not 
So there's a ranger scroll, which is a ranger battalion. It's ideally what you want to do. But those are like where the badasses are. Most confirmed kills in the military basically every year. Yeah. Rangers. Yeah, so having the tab just means like you're qualified. It's really just a leadership school, but it pro it, it like proves a lot. Like you have to go through a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of It's like bullshit. you rarely eat. Yeah. Not a lot of sleep. Yeah, not a lot of sleep. You're consistently pulling security. You're consistently doing op orders, which is like, there's this village. We collected fucking recon, so we have all this information. This is how we're going to attack. This is when they eat. This is when they sleep. This is when they pull security. Like, rangers do it all. Attacking fucking barricades, barbed wire. Like, um, like a big thing in Ukraine right now is the fucking, um, what was that thing back in like World War One and World War Two, where it was like they fucking dig in the ground. The trenches? Yeah. Trench attacks, like, rangers are the ones who fucking did that. I was watching a video, like, and it's all online. Like, they came up with a charge. They put the charge in. They run back. It's like, I think it's like 100 meters, 150 meters. Don't quote me, but they blow it, smoke it. 249 are in the front, 240. Like, their heavy weapons gunner covers long, and someone covers short, and they just push through the trenches, throwing fucking frags, and someone will pull rear security. So the entire time you're going through the trenches, clearing the trenches, that fucking 240, 249 is singing. Down the fucking down the trenches. So anyone who comes out is getting pieced, and then obviously like your shorter rifle, which is like your M4 or whatever, they're getting people who are closer. But then obviously like people fucking someone's pulling like a longer security, which is normally your recon teams making sure no one comes up from the top of the trenches, so they're normally picking them off. Dude, it's just crazy how much they train. That's a lot of information, and that's just a one very thing. Short amount of time. That is literally yeah, that's just crazy. one thing. That's crazy. Everyone yeah. has their own job. Yeah, like, essentially, there's, like, the most elite infantry soldier when it comes down to it. You're fucking sick. And you know, like, if a ranger walks in the room, it's like, all right, cool. A lot of respect. Yeah. Like, my last chief was a was a ranger. And I was like, this guy is it. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. Dude's decorated as fuck. Got the ranger tab. He's, he was in during Desert Storm, Desert Shield. I was like, yep. He's, he's the fucking guy. He's him. Yeah, literally him. Good guy. But I mean, like most of them are. They've all fucking seen some shit. Well, yeah, they, enough. you you gotta be you gotta. It's what pretty much you gotta have. What one the the fucking balls to do that shit? Because that's not for the weak. No, it takes a none of the, none of, of that shit's for the weak. And you gotta have the heart for it too. Yeah, it's like that's something that not a normal everyday human could do. They get put in what different situations that no normal person in the service would ever get put into. Yeah, no, no, not at all. So, the, like, that's, like, just thinking about it, it's like, that's fucking wild. It's, like, every time they go out, it's there's a possibility of never coming back because of the, like, importance of the mission and, like, how it, like, overly, like, well, I can't think of the word, extreme the mission can be. Yeah. And they're just like, fuck it, let's do it. That's fucking crazy. That's some crazy dedication. I don't know. I don't think I could ever do that. I mean, like, even then, like, but like that's the, the mindset. 1%. That's the mindset too. It's like when you want that, that's the mindset you put yourself into. Yeah. It also comes down to who you work with too. It's like one of those things where it's like combat missions, combat deployments. Yep. Where it's like you know that there's a possibility of some shit hitting the fan, like you need to be able to trust the people around you, but also like you need to be able to you're like obviously if I like you more like a lot, I'm not going to let something fucking happen to you. So everyone's always on their P's and Q's. And like again, like you said, like their peer ratings mean a lot coming down on the fucking training, because if they're like, yeah, he's really good at his job, but he doesn't give a fuck about us. Like, what is it gonna matter when it comes down to some fucking combat role? Doesn't matter. How was your fucking deployment though, overall? 
overall it was really good like i love the people in my platoon all a bunch of good guys they're all older than me a bunch of ncos so sergeants and like they took care of me and that's yeah, easy just do what you're told and that's it you looking to promote oh uh, yeah but maybe later on you don't want five yet you don't want to be able to be able nah, because i just got promoted last august to specialist and so i have a lot to learn in my job overall before i start leading other men yeah and that's good though a lot of people are like as soon as they put on four they're like i just want my five and it's not like no one really wants to have the experience yet and then everyone just wants that fucking rank for the pay rather than the responsibility yeah. it's a shortcut oh dude always and they're like it's, it's become it's bad sometimes like people are just will throw other people under the bus just to get what they want it's fucking terrible it's all fucking political yeah that's no, literally it all it is that's what that's why like i appreciate people that that actually work for shit it's like it's not even just in military it's in life itself it's like if you work for the shit that you want you appreciate it a lot more than if it was handed to you yeah no, I, I definitely agree and then like that comes also with like the deployment whereas like it fucking sucks dude a chow hall like granted kuwait's is better than saudi's but like even then that's not fucking good whatsoever either no i mean i've been to the base that junior was at in uh, saudi arabia mm-hmm. i was there for a month and the base is garbage. Yeah, yeah, it's not. <laughs> that base terms. is fucking garbage. In better terms, Kuwait's is like. Yeah, like Kuwait probably one of the nicest countries in the Middle East. Like, really, nothing going on. And like, yeah. You're literally just there to occupy space based on like the shit around you. Obviously, I can't get deep into it, but like, imagine like living in Rumford because you worked in East Province. That's like th- literally the same thing. That's why we're there. But Makes like sense. the army, they get fucking shafted because it's like from what I've heard, yeah. Operational duty, active duty wise, like we just go there, cover a basis, but they're there all the time, rotating nine months at a time. Yeah, like uh, as far as I know, where, where I was, it's a lot of national guard units. Yeah, that's right. I heard a lot. Why is it that I? Why is it that I've heard that national guard is like? It's not more does more, but like is involved with a little bit more than just like active. That I do not know. So. I actually do know that answer. They train to maintain. So National Guard, National Guard and Reservists train to maintain where active duty trains to uphold the standard but also, like, increase where our security is pulled. So after they've established shit, then that's when they send, like, the National Guard in to now maintain that spacing. Yeah, because it's like, wh- like when the riots were going on, yeah. it wasn't active duty members. Yeah, I was yeah. actually there. Were you? In Providence, yes. Yeah. Oh, shit, because it's... Guard normally guard works for the state. Yeah. So okay. Like, so guard can act duty federally and for the state. Yeah. So like, oh. I belong to the state of Rhode Island. Like uh, during the protests, like we were at the Capitol, like like certain areas, okay. making sure like nobody would vandalize, like and do stuff like that. I heard you guys didn't have like mags in your fucking your your rifles. Like we didn't have them. Yeah. Oh, we had them. For real? Yeah. Shit. One in the chamber. Multiple. Yeah, I, Personally, I didn't keep one because I didn't. I just couldn't do it. Like, my uh, my team leader was like, "Keep one in there," but I was like, ah. "I said yes." But when he walked away, I just took it out, put it back in the mag, and it didn't feel right. Gives more or less the intimidation factor. Yeah, but I mean, much. like, a show of force is enough. Like, yeah. to see someone a rifle and a fucking actually have your magazine, and you're like, "All right, cool. Let me not fuck around. I'm gonna say some shit, but I'm not gonna fuck around." Right. And then, like, when push comes to shove, I mean, no one in the United States, let alone someone in the military, would want to kill a, a fucking civilian for no. just 
speaking their mind. But then it's like when you show for like there's obviously a show when of force with the rifle, when you but then when threat. you use a threat, yeah, when you start becoming a threat, then it becomes a different situation. But it wasn't at that. Well, yet. that's what so that, it wasn't gonna be treated as. That's like, with like anything. That. It's like it, it, it's just in human nature. If you pose a threat to somebody, they're gonna they're gonna they're defend themselves and they're yeah. gonna fight back. That's with anything. That that's why I, I hate that people think that they can push over anybody else. It's like, why? Why do you do that? Why do you want to cause confrontation in stupid scenarios? It, it, there's no need. There's no need to walk up to some guy and just start yelling at him. For what reason? It's like even with, it's even with like road rage. Everybody takes road rage so serious. For what reason? Yeah, it's really not. All that, it's it's really not all that serious. I'm never gonna see you again. And it's gonna be like fucking five seconds. Like but. like, dude, I, I I mentioned that there was a scenario that happened to me. I was in Walmart. I was going. To Going out of the parking lot, some guy backed in while I was going. I already had the right of way. So he starts flipping me off this and that. He's taking a picture of my license plate. So I put the car in park, open my door. He flies around me and leaves. It's like, you started all that, but once the once the confrontation was going to be posed in front of you. Once it fucking bounce. It's like, yeah. like w- they want it, but when it's actually the scenario that they're thinking of happens, like, they don't want it. Yeah. I, I don't get it. It's... Did anything happen when you were there? Like, anything wild? Nah, it's like, like I said, so, like, nothing bad happened there at all. We were just there, just to be there. Just quiet. Yeah. How many times have you been activated? Just that one time? In the state? Or was it during the COVID crisis? I actually was during the COVID. I was doing about two years. What the fuck? Yeah, so I got back from basic and, like, home for two months, and I got called up saying I had to help for COVID. I was like, all right. So I was just taking another paycheck, whatever. But then, like, it was annoying working long days, long nights. And, yeah, it's like during the pandemic. And so overall, it was shitty. But, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what I signed up for. So, Unfortunately, what happened happened. But it's like, was it was it a good learning experience, though? Yeah, I actually got to work with the Air National Guard. A lot of cool guys. And so I, meet, I met, like, a lot of people. So I was doing that for that long, and I barely knew people from my own unit. Yeah. So, like, this past deployment, it was uh, it's how I got to, like, meet and get along with most of the guys in my unit. But, yeah, overall, COVID was a good learning experience in certain ways. It's a good way to fucking uh, network, like, yep. a lot, especially, like, National Guard. Obviously, like, you're with the same people six to nine months where you – you get this fucking, um, you grow this relationship, but then it's like you come back to your civilian life, and then it's like you also network, so they have these yeah. other things to offer so like, different jobs and shit. Yeah, it's like, you know, police officers, firefighters, electricians, they can all hook you up like, and get you a job somewhere, if you know what you're doing. I've noticed that a lot of fucking National Guard guys are either firefighters or, or police officers. Yeah, we have probably like 12 guys in my unit that are police officers in all different places in Rhode Island. Well, it's more or less it's like you learned all that shit. What's the point of taking all the shit you just learned when there's an opportunity at hand that you can immediately go into then starting a new career and learning everything all over oh, yeah. again? So it, it feels it, in all reality, it's just like easier. Like yeah. you just did what? What's what's like the minimum you can do in the service? Four years. Four years. So you just did four years of, I wouldn't say bullshit, but bullshit. And to come back, not have a job, and you're like, oh, I have this skill, but no, I want to go be a, I want to go be a cook. 
it's like you got to learn all that shit so you just lost all four it's like going to college like you learned all that shit to not do your major to yeah. not like get a job in your major that's why like a lot of infantry guys end up becoming instructors where it's like because there's like nothing else in the civilian world that can help them other than security for like private sector companies or being an instructor that's why i know a lot of guard guys who are like like again police officers like i've deployed with uh new york state troopers I've deployed with Massachusetts State Troopers, Massachusetts Police Officers, Rhode Island Police Officers, Rhode Island State Troopers, and then I've deployed with some guys who are fucking SWAT instructors or fucking um, sniper instructors. Like, one of my good friends that I've met out there, Sparks, He um, he's a recon guy, and he wants to become a fucking sniper instructor. Dude literally knows the Ranger Handbook and his weapon, uh, um, what's the word? It starts in the end. Um, nomenclature, like the back of his fucking hand. His bullet drop, different type of bullets he needs, what he should be carrying on him, how to be a fucking radio transmission, radio, radio transmit transmission officer, an RTO, like how to like do comms, comm checks, like everything, like the back of his hand. One just wants to become an instructor, and he's a guard guy. He's not even an active duty guy. There's some active duty guys who do that shit every day and still don't know as much as him. Like it really comes down to the person. Yeah, it's like you get yourself you get yourself in that situation. It's like. Like me, like I, if I put so much time into something, like I want to continue doing that. Yeah. So it's, it, if the opportunity's at hand, might as well take it. Mm-hmm. it it's like, like look at um, I, I can't think of an example. Like we we know we know plenty of at home officers as well that have yeah. gone into the service. Yep. It's yeah. like I know someone. Actually, th- it's weird that I it's weird that I say this. I know someone who went to the service. Who's now a teacher at a school, not not doing anything involved. But that's a that's service. a normal thing because right. considering how much you're doing instruct like you're instructing, you end up falling in love with teaching. So now you're teaching, mm-hmm. but you know how to teach a class of fucking soldiers or trained to kill. How much more difficult is it to fucking deal with math? kids? Right, teach social studies. It's literally that's literally what we, he was teaching, and that's what he went to do. Yeah. It's like you. It it's still in the factor of you learned in the job that you were doing so you took that out of what you did in your job to go like you don't have to be in the service for the rest of your life no. if it's you a really good platform right like it's a really good way a, to start it's a great foundation it's like yeah you might know how to shoot a gun but like you don't have to go active like i i was i was told that if like i could go to like be like you told me go work at airports or be a yeah, tsa uh, um an electrician for the service or uh, a carpenter for the service. It's like the stuff that you know, you just needed the found. The, the service was the foundation for yeah. most. And they're not going to tell you, like a lot of places are not going to tell a service member no. Like why would you take some fucking Joe Schmo that went to college, whatever, maybe, maybe has a degree or still in college, or would you take someone who just got out of the military and has four years of service, went to basic training? Like I'm saying basic training as in like a school for their job for that profession did it has job experience for the four years three years or would you take some guy that doesn't have experience but is going to school for it right. you're gonna take someone that's been in the service naturally because like there's so much expectation on people who are in the military yeah it's a it, it, that's someone that you know that you could count on right out of the gate because yeah. it's someone who's already been given discipline with being in the service than someone who can go to college and fuck off yeah so you all you already know that this person you already have like faith in this person other than like you said the joe schmo that's in college or yeah. graduated college 
the water, Anthony? No, I'm all, I'm good. No, I'm good. Yes, please. But uh, but like, even like with that being said, like it's distilled in you during basic training, where it's like my basic training is way different than his fucking basic training. Like his basic training one is longer, but also like some of the shit that they do is just like fucking like ruthless for some of the shit. Like, what was the ruck that you guys did doing basic training? Like eight miles. Yeah, so we had multiple, like, to build you up. So our first one was two miles, and that was just terrible. They wake you up earlier before the sun comes up. But, you know, I was in uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, and it's humid down there. I remember my first one. It's like you wake up at, like, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., pack your gear, maybe, like, 45 pounds, and you just walk. You just walk as far as they tell you, and... So you rock. That's what a rock is. Yeah, you just... So you build up, you do a 2, a 4, a 6, 8, a 10, and a 12. And infantry, it's called the bayonet march. And it's just a ruck, and you just go. And they just tell you when to stop. I believe mine was 18 to 20 miles. It took about 6, 7 hours to actually complete the whole thing. And I happened to be a 240 gunner, and that weapon weighs 30 pounds, plus what I had, what I was carrying. And probably one of the worst experiences I ever had. It's probably one of the only times I actually thought about quitting basic training. Like the mental and the physical pain, but when it comes down to it, it's all mental. So. Yeah, your brain—you literally can push through it. It's your brain shutting you off. Yeah, that's that's anything. It's literally you need to be able to control your brain at any given situation. It, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people use that as uh, an escape goat on different scenarios. It's like you you physically need to know how to push past it, push past it what you did. You thought I'm gonna give up right now. I'm gonna quit. I'm not continuing to doing this. And then you literally were like, No, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm pushing through it. I can do this. I physically can do this. I'm doing it. So then and, that, and that's what you did. And a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't push past that hurdle that stops them. And you can see it with society. There's oh, yeah. a lot of people. So I'm saying, dude, one year of military service would be fucking great. It'll be great because, like, like you were saying, like they they warm you up to that fucking 18, 20 mile rug. But at first they start you with two. They show you you can do two. Then they show you, you can do four. They show you, you can do six. And then what's eight? Yeah, what's ten after that? You already not, did eight. It's not a fucking go in and go. It's no. you warm up to it. Exactly. Yeah. Every, like everything takes time. I feel like, like everything. Takes obviously, time. hurry up and wait. Obviously, for, like, myself, I, I didn't obviously go to the service, but I feel like, and I, you've mentioned this before, I think everybody needs to go to some form of basic training. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the world, t- some form. It doesn't have to be, like, overly extended to, like, the extreme, but I feel like s- everybody needs to understand that type of shit. Everybody needs to go through that shit because I feel like if everybody did, everybody would look at life differently. Way, way different. You'd appreciate what you have more. You'd have better time management. You'd understand that, like, things take time, but also, like, you need to work for it. Just, like, there's so many things that, like, even in the littlest amount of, like, ways, or the smallest amount of ways, like, just simple shit, dude. Like, even the way you fucking fold your laundry, like, not, the way that they teach you how to fold your laundry in basic training is literally so it doesn't look shitty. Like, you, you unroll your fucking shirt. And and there's no fucking creases. There's there's no. It's not wrinkled, like just things like that. Something that simple. Even making your bed. It's like the first thing you do up in the morning. It's the first accomplishment you have. You made your bed the right way. Great. My my day started fucking fantastic. I didn't get my ass ripped by my fucking drilling sergeant or my my drill instructor. 
it's something that fucking simple. Where it's like people now, like, they don't even accomplish what they have until they get to work. Like, your first accomplishment is getting up in the morning. Be grateful you woke up in the morning. You made your bed this morning. You ate this morning. You said hello to your wife, your girlfriend, your fucking fr- your friends, your whatever. But some people are like, oh, I'm overwhelmed because now I, I didn't get to accomplish, like, anything up until I got to work. And then now it's work, and work is stressful. Yeah, they're just dreading it. They're oh, yeah. dreading it. They're, they dread their whole morning. Yeah. Or And it doesn't even have to be a morning. It'll be a part of the day. Yeah. They just dread it. It's like you can appreciate the little thing. Like, even something as simple as a fucking haircut. Like, you know how bad I was dreading to get a haircut when we were in basic training? I was like, I look like a fucking egg right now, dude. Yeah, like, I need a haircut. And it's like, you don't wait till like, fucking four weeks in, you get the second haircut. I'm like, this is ridiculous, dude. I didn't get my second haircut or my third haircut until, like, a couple days before graduation. And I was like, this is ridiculous. But it's like, I wasn't, I'd only be worried about it when I seen it. But I was too focused on, like, accomplishing other things to be like, oh, I need a haircut now. But it's something so little when you're accomplishing so much throughout the day. There's so much to be proud of. And then, then it, rec- it comes to, like, everyday things. When they finally give you your life back, it's like, wow, I completed basic training. Wow, I completed AIT or wow, I completed my fucking tech school. Now I'm active duty and I'm promoting. I have good friends. My skill level's up. Like, I know all these things. People trust me. It, it all goes hand in hand. Like, it's just one big fucking corporation, but it's like all achievements. And there obviously are, of course, people who get stuck. Like, the fucking, the, we have this thing called, like, the E4 Mafia. Yep. Where it's like, you're just E4 and then you have to test for E5. But you earn E5, where E4 is just like a service-related thing where it's like you've been in for a certain amount of time, you're automatically going to get E4. It's just now you just need all this experience, and then you get E4. And then you get stuck there in this thing called higher tenure, where it's like if you're there by 10 years, they kick you out. At least for active duty. For them, they have to apply for positions based on availability. So, like, they can be fucking E4 for 20 years. So the way an infantry squad works, you have nine guys in a squad. So you'll... And there's three sergeant positions in there. You have two team leaders who are in charge of three guys each. Then you have a squad leader who's in charge of the team leaders. He's talking like an E6 or E7, no? Yeah, so uh, team leader is an E5, so a regular sergeant. And E6 is a staff sergeant, so a little more seniority. And usually when it comes down to it, so you'll have your three guys, probably two specialists and a private maybe. And the sergeant will tell you to do this, complete it. But then the sergeant gets told by the staff sergeant, to make sure his guys do that. Then, like, and above the staff sergeant, you have the sergeant first class, E7. And it's usually, it goes down to the E6s, and there's four squads. So you got four E6s, tells them, tells their sergeants what to do. Then they get, uh, tell their, their Joes what to do. Literally, it's just a chain of command. Yeah, essentially. And it works. And it works. Yep. You don't talk to the six until you talk to the five. And yep. the five will talk to the six for you. Or if the six wants to see you, come directly to you. Obviously, like, you work with these people in and out every day, and it becomes more personable. And then you can just talk to them about whatever. But there also is a line where you respect their seniority, you respect how long they've been in for. Yep. Where it's like, you don't see shit like that now. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't... Some people don't respect their managers. Some people don't respect their fucking... Parents. Parents. Or even some, like, their CEOs, bosses. But it's like, you don't understand. Like, they've worked for what they have. Or someone did, where now it's given to them because they're... They have that experience. Like, you can't fucking skip... Like, the military also teaches, like, you can't skip a spot. Like, you're you're an E4, you're not going to become an E6 until you're an E5. Yep. You need to learn the roles of being an E5, then you can promote to an E6. That's just literally how it is. Yeah, and that not, literally applies with anything. Yeah, I'm not sure how the Air Force works, but for E5 in the Army, you have to go to what's called BLC, Basic Leadership Course. And I, I believe it's like a month long. Yeah, and it's, it teaches it's a, it's a month. 
teaches you like how to be like a good leader, how to lead men and all this other stuff. And for E6 is another school. I believe it's ALC advanced leadership course. And it's like a two months. No, it's a little longer. I believe so. I'm not too sure. I mean, that's far from where I'm at now, but it's like teaches you how to be even a, a better leader than what you already are. And, yeah, literally, it's like roles and responsibilities, troop leading procedures. It's the same thing with us. You promote to five. We test to five, though, active duty test. So they test, like, your knowledge with, between your job and, like, your Air Force knowledge because you need to have, like, some type of standard to understand it rather than know exactly to become an E5. And then you go through Airman Leadership Course, which is their BLC. Ours is ALS. And then we go through that, and then you promote. And then, like, you would do the same thing with six, and then you go to, like, seven-level training. Well, you go to seven-level training, and it's like an E5. But, like, depends on where and how long you've been in your five. Get, go to seven-level training. Make sure, like, you're up to date with what you need to know as a seven-level, which is, like, your skill level, which would be seven. And there's nine-level for, like, senior NCOs, which is, like, E7, E8, E9, which is max rank. And it's just, like, they are consistently training you on how to be a better leader, but also how to, like, leading comes with, like, different things, like how to file your paperwork better or, like, like how to do your job better, what the expectations are, but also how to take care of your people and manage expectations within each other's roles. And also, that, like, obviously that comes with time. And people. Skills. So, so um, what what do you got, what do you got personal plans with in, in being in the service? Like, you looking to get out, um, venture out to, like, a different, like, scenery, or are you looking to, like, actually stay with it? So I was thinking to stay with it. So I've been in since I was 17, 21 now, and signed a six-year contract. And I have a year and a half left, and I'm actually, like, changing my job. I'm still going to be infantry, but I'm going to be a, a mortarman instead. It's just, like, little little rockets. You put in a tube, and they just shoot out. Mm-hmm. I love them, Charlie. Yeah. I worked with them, dude. They're fucking weird, man. Fucking weird, man. I mean, not the guys I'm with. Both, like, the two guys I'm with, probably my favorite people of my unit. Both older people. One of them's been to Iraq in 03. Other one was in the Marines, and and he was in Afghanistan in 2010. But both really cool, knowledgeable guys. Been in. Uh, one of them's been in for 19 years. Other one's been in for 14 years. So I've lot to learn from them. That's Prayed cool like though. Four years. So it's like it's more or less it's like you're you're dabbling into different different stuff, but like you're staying with the same thing pretty yeah, much. Yeah. So. 11 Charlie's still an infantryman. It's called, like, an indirect infantryman, which is, like... Yeah, because there's direct and indirect fire yeah, for Yeah, so inf- I'm 11 Bravo. That's regular infantryman. So, like, our job, like he explained, is, like, engaging enemies, recon, all that other stuff. But, like, the mortarmen will usually will have a set position. I'm, I'm not really too knowledgeable about it, but from what they told me, you know, like, a set position, they're support by fire. So if they call and need help, they'll give them, like, a location. They do all their stuff, and... Just do their job. Yeah, they'll basically give you like an eight. So there's an eight-digit, 12-digit, or eight, 10, 12, and there's like a five-digit, yeah, five-digit or something like that. But basically like what it is, they'll give you the coordinates, and then like the mortarmen will do the calculations, and then they'll do like the support by fire, like you were saying. It's just like fucking mortars out of the ass towards wherever they, they gave the coordinates to. And that's literally is. That's, that's their job. That's their sole purpose, but there's also like different size of mortars. So like different teams are assigned to different size mortars. He's gonna. Is it is it based on is it based on like knowledge in that in that case of like for different different sizes? Yeah, you just get selected. Oh, 
So yeah. the, it's pretty all right. So it's like a, it's pretty much like a name of the hat type of deal. Mm-hmm. It's like you just get put to these different yeah. spots. All right. Do the army loves like say if I'm a cop, they need a cook slot. Hey, you're gonna come be a cook for fucking nine months. What do you mean? All right, cook. Cool. Dude, just like services me- like become a fucking chef. You're gonna learn oh, how to be all right. a chef. Okay, that's okay. So it's literally what it meant. It's the same thing with the cook. Oh, you're a cook. Great. You're gonna learn how to become a cop for nine months. And that's what a lot of them do for deployments. It's because you get different fucking patches based on your deployments. So now he has an infantry patch because he's deployed as in an infantry slot. And then now he could take one as an MP and do MP duties. And now he'll have two different fucking, two different um, patches. patches yeah. yeah. So, so all right. So you can, you have different jobs in, like, say if you go to three different, if you go on three different deployments, you can have three different select yeah, so jobs. Yeah, you were your last uh, two. Yeah, so my team leader awesome dude and his last deployment he went to iraq but he went with the mps so he has a mp deployment patch but he also went with us as like infantry like his main job is infantry but he went as mp and he did like customs okay so that was his job yeah you're basically just filling slots based on because it's like manning and retention is a huge problem in the military like there's a shortage on manning and retention like all four branches five if you consider the coast guard um, but, like, no one wants to stay in. And, no. I mean, like, obviously, like, society's different now well, than it was it, you then. You can fucking stay home and get paid as much as a normal person yeah. is getting paid. I feel yeah. like with that problem, though, it all comes down with leadership. Yeah, like and that's another treated. toxic yeah. leadership is fucking big deal. Everyone like, just wants to promote. Yeah, like, the NCOs I had in my platoon, like, I love all those guys. Like, probably the, probably, like, best friends, like, brothers to me, and all good leaders. Yeah, and that's that's how it is for me too. Like I have really, really, really good leadership where I build oh, like serious bonds with them, and obviously, like the more you know your people, the easier it is to work with them because yeah. they they actually gave they gave a shit about you. They learned they got the time to learn how you are and know you, so it's easier to react to shit yeah. and like and you like, built that trust and so like me being like the second youngest in my platoon, and it's like all you guys are older than me, more experiences. They like teach me stuff from their past deployments. Yeah. Thing in my platoon, everyone deployed, but like five people. We had two people that went to Iraq, Afghanistan, like actual combat fucking yeah. zones. Yeah, like I think probably seven dudes in my platoon actually like been in combat, firefights. A few of them actually like killed some people and like all that other stuff. Like yeah. good people to learn from, like with real actual combat experience and real life experience. See, I like people like that that will actually like help others. There's a lot of people who won't do that. Like, just will keep the fucking knowledge to themselves, so a, not really give a, a shit about a, what you're that's doing. That's selfish in that point, because it's like, like how how I would think about it from like an outsider's perspective is like, if you don't help somebody with knowledge, it could literally sacrifice their life. Yeah, in For certain something situations. that fucking serious. Yeah, it could like literally it could be the simplest thing of instead of taking a left in a certain situation, take a right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it just comes down to selfishness. I like like why. Like we should all just help each other out. Like I get, I get. Obviously, I get. Obviously, you spent the time to learn the knowledge, but obviously that that the other person also has to do the same. But if you help them, they'll be able to learn from the mistakes you made and be able to find new mistakes to teach others. I don't. I don't. I just don't get why people hold it back. Yeah, it's a huge problem everywhere. But I mean, like obviously, like. We're so tight-knit where it's like it doesn't happen a lot in military, but uh, it does happen. Like, it, it happens. And, and I'd be I'd be lying if I told you it didn't. 
and it and it happens to the point where it's like usually it's like lower nco which is like e5 maybe a brand new e6 who's like that but like i never really see like e7s e8s e9s really doing that shit because all, they've been in the longest like they know that like that shit fucking matters where it's like brand new e5s like they're like oh, i'm fucking normally like i want to say everyone but power does go to people's head so like I'm expecting you to know your job, and I'm not gonna teach you because I have that expectation that you're gonna know what to do. So when you fuck up, then I'm gonna ream into you, but I'm not gonna correct your actions. And like that's where like correction action paperwork comes into play, where it's like I've taken the time to correct this action, but say if I didn't, I can't hold this kid accountable because I wasn't a good leader. So a lot of them won't even file that fucking paperwork because then it also comes back on them. So. Yeah, so, like, if you fuck up in the army, but they're, like, getting away from it now, like, they smoke you, which is, like, physical punishment, you could kind of say. I, I believe it works sometimes. Oh, yeah. But sometimes it doesn't. So my team leader, what he does if you fuck up, he will go to you, explain what you did wrong, show you how to do it until you understand it. But then, like, if you keep messing up on it, give you one more time, go through the works of it again. Then, like, if you mess up again, that's when he'll do the physical action. Sometimes it makes people learn. Sometimes it doesn't. Like, it's happened to me actually once. Like, pretty funny story that I look back on it. And I was a private, probably, like, my sixth drill. And there's a location. We go to Big River to train. And, like, your rifle is everything to you. And I was pulled for a detail with one of my buddies. And I asked one of the dudes in my squad, can you watch my weapon? And he's like, yes. So I go, all right. So I go do the detail. Our first sergeant calls everyone to give us a class. It's like, bring the weapons. I'm like, okay. My friend's going to bring it. I told him to watch it. So he comes. I see him. He doesn't have my weapon. And I don't know if you have that, ever had that feeling, but you just have like this pit in your stomach. I'm like, oh, fuck. I want to get chewed out. And I've been chewed out. I yeah, and you know he's giving the class whatever, and he gives us a five minute break. Then he sees it was three guys that forgot their weapons, and we run back to our uh, our AO, and we grab our weapons, come back. He sees us as soon as the class begins. He's like, "Oh, I hope nobody forgot their weapons." And I was like, "Oh fuck, he knows." I'm like, "Damn, I'm about to get fucked up." As soon as that class was over, all the E7s comes out, start yelling on us, everything like, "Tell us get down, start pushing." So we're doing push-ups, flutter kicks, everything. Probably probably got smoke for three or four hours, just physical stuff. Running up downhill, lunges, low crawling through sand with my weapon on my back. Make sure it's not getting dirty. For three hours, I ended up like throwing up four times. And at the end, uh, my team leader, because it went from my platoon sergeant, that was like an hour, my squad leader, to my team leader. And then after, you know, he pulled me, my team leader pulled me aside and he talked to me. He's like, I had to do this because of this reason. And I was like, yeah, I know. I understand. Like, I fucked up big time. And, like, it could have got stolen because it was actually people riding, like, regular civilians riding around in dirt bikes. They could have, get like, could have stole my weapon. Then my platoon sergeant, he would have got arrested or something because of my stupidity and not keeping accountability of my gear. And he pulled me aside, talked to me. And I was like, yeah, whatever. It happens. And I was like, yep. You know, I was like, I accepted it, but it sucked. Dude, that's literally, like, such a fucking big deal in the Army. There's a course. It's uh, air assault. Well, actually, any course, really. But you can go through the whole course, 
be fucking great. You miss one thing, one item, you don't have that one item on you, you failed the course. Yeah, it's like paying attention to detail. Yeah. Literally having everything. It, keeps, like, it, keeps, it keeps you organized. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even think something that little, it, it helps you out on the yeah, outside. Like, like, in real in like real world, like, if you're on a combat mission, you don't pay attention to detail. You can get some fucking killed. You, you can get killed. You can get your squad killed. You can get everyone killed. Even something that smells like an IED. Like, obviously, IEDs are extremely hard to fucking find. But, like, we picked up on different tactics. But, like, you even noticing, like, a little detail about the road in front of you. Like, something's off. There's a fucking ant trail. And you're like, that's a fucking wire. There's a pressure plate there. You could be seriously fucked if you didn't, if you didn't yeah. like, if you weren't on your ass. Yeah, like, we actually, so, I'm a light infantry unit. So, like, we walk everywhere. But this deployment you went mounted so like vehicles and stuff and we actually did like that course like we were in our humvees on a you did, trail you did mountain mounted uh missions and dismounted missions yeah because uh, that's what's the whole thing was with the high mars because they're like trucks and doesn't el paso uh we actually did it at fogarty which is like in east greenwich because there's like three miles of trail all around the base yeah. and we did this in the winter and we did it in like summer before we left for el paso and we had, like, people that were, like, former, like, EOD in the military, and they were planting, like, fake traps along the roadside. And I was a 50-cal gunner, so I was I was on top, so I had to make sure. I So basically all the pressure's on me to make sure I call out, like, any disturbances. And, like, in the winter, it was a little easier because, like, most of these traps are, like, dark color. You know, you got all the snow and all that. But then once you're, like, towards the summertime, when, like, all the grass is growing back, like, they're smart in where they put it. Like, usually put it, like, in the dirt, try to level it out, no, like, make it not noticeable and all that other stuff. And and I was a lead vehicle at that time, too. That's, like, the scariest. Point Man is the worst. Yeah. Like, Point Man is easily the worst, like, anything. Clearing yeah. buildings, fucking IED lane, like, you're, it's bad. Yeah, like, I was pretty nervous, even though it was training, because, like, if I fuck up, like, my vehicle's essentially dead and all the people inside of it, and... So you have to like stay on your toes, and make sure you're looking out what's in front of you, on the side of you, and occasionally you're gonna look back. Yeah, it just sucks being a lead, like you said. Just yeah, because everybody's on your shoulders, yeah. and like yeah. like they, they, there's this thing. It's called a well, it's not really a thing, but they say point man's never wrong. Point man's never wrong. If point man's gonna go right, and you need to cover left, you're going left. Whether you want to go right or not, you're going left. Point man's never wrong. Yeah, it's like. Like, infantry, too, like, we do that room clearance stuff, and uh, we spent, like, in basic, probably, like, a week on that stuff, just rep- repetition, repetition, and it's fun, but, like, when you fuck up, like, kind of sucks, but. Yeah, you you start to understand, like, how important it really is, like, the smallest fucking angle matters. Yeah, like, like, if I'm here, and, like, let's, let's say if we're looking in the next fucking room, if I even peek too much, if I fucking put my leg out, like, I'm, I'm yeah, you fucked. Wanna keep, you want to keep a small frame. Like you would think, like getting close to that wall would cover you a lot, but like you need to back up. You need to get you need to get away from a door frame. You need to get away from that door because then now I'm gonna have more. I'm gonna have more yeah, to you check wanna, out. Like, whatever. You kind of want to pie it, not show too much of your body. Yeah, because like the first thing you see is your shoulders and your fucking head. But what comes out before your head? Your shoulders. Your your fucking shoulder gets clipped, dude. You're done. You're done. You can't. If you're a fucking right hand, if you're a right handed shooter, now you gotta switch your left. Maybe you never even shot with your left hand before. Yeah, like. Me, like, I'm left-handed, and I, I barely practice with my right. Yeah. But it's, like, certain angles. Like, I actually have to switch to my offhand to make sure, like, 
I'm doing something correct. Yeah. Do they do they teach? Do they try to like teach that to use both? How to fire both hands? Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Some courses do. Some instructors do. Like people who really like want to like make sure you know your job, but also you understand how important something that little is, like to your for your sake and the people around you. Like they're gonna teach that shit. I shoot better. Obviously, I'm right-handed. I shoot right-handed, but I shoot better with my left. Believe it or not, like if I'm like primary left hand, I shoot way better. I don't know why, but it's just fucking. It's just a thing, and I would have never known that if I wasn't trained that way. So, so how would you position like to shoot? Like, so like, how would I know like what what I what side I would do it? Like, uh, how would I know it's like like whatever I like I dominant. I'm trying, uh, trying to think of the word. But our eye is more dominant. So, like, you can be right-handed, but your left eye is more dominant. That's the eye you want to use. Yeah. So it's not more or less where you position the gun on your body, like have your right hand on the trigger, and then, like, your 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 left hand is up on the uh, – Like, on, on the foregrip. Yeah, it's like that's not – it's more or less, like, how you view it than well, where you're so positioning. the way they taught me when it comes to that is, like I said, like – you're like more dominant eye, like what you see better out of and all that. And I thought I was going to be right eye dominant. So I tried shooting. I failed like qualification really bad. I tried left it, left handed, and I shot much better. But yeah. The firing is actually so difficult. Yeah, there's actually a lot that goes into it like trigger squeeze, sight picture, breathing. Oak. Uh, yeah. Even the way that you sway. Like, understanding, like, what side of your body, like, you're, you might even not mean it, but, like, the way, when you pull a trigger, you might just lean to the left a little bit, and you don't even fucking realize it, but, like, knowing how you react to fucking a pop, or knowing how you react to, like, Dope. little shit, uh, like, matters. This dude loves you. <laughs> it's crazy, because he, he only, he's only not liked one, one guest that we've had on, like, immediately. Like, he's, dude. Oh no! Likes me a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for you to go. Um, I wanted to ask, like, so, so, did you just come off of your deployment? Yeah, two months ago. Okay, so, um, what are you doing now? Like, are you stationed down here? Or yeah. So, like I said, like, since I'm in the National Guard, I belong to the state of Rhode Island. So you're in Rhode Island. Yeah. Okay. You're in North Kingston, though. So yeah. So uh, our base. That's not bad. And you get to come. Do you, you get to come it's, home? It's though? a once a month thing. So like. Oh yeah. So it's, so it's like National Guard is like, like one weekend a month. So like uh they give you three months off. So I had April, May, June. Well technically I have four, but July I go back in August, August twelve, thirteen, and just like get back into it. But it's just once a month. Yeah, it's once a month, and then what? Like a month long during the summer. For like two, three weeks. Yeah. So that's Did not. You guys bad. have one year or every year you guys have one mandatory like two to three week field training, right? Yep. Yeah. And they're not bad. It's like that's when you got to see the guys again and all that. Yeah. Like actually, out of my four years in, I've only been to one. What the fuck? How'd you get out of the other one? So one time. Oh, because of COVID. COVID. COVID twice. And the one I was actually supposed to be at, I sprained my ankle on like the fourth day. We were doing a beach run, and the trails were all uneven. I sprained my ankle. My ankle was purple, and they sent me home for, for like the two weeks. Got fuck. paid for it at home. Now you get so my question is this: When you go and do that, if all right, so I'm gonna, you get BAH for that? No. Fuck, dude, that sucks. So BAH is basic allowance for housing. You don't get BAS. Nope. All right, BAS is basic allowance for substance, so food. 
So you just get base pay, which yep. is your regular pay. That's it? Yep. That fucking sucks, dude. I mean, it's not, honestly not too bad. It's for like two days. You got, like, depending on your rank, you get like three, four hundred bucks. No, actually, that's not too bad. Yeah. So, but like, if you go to schools or stuff like that, I believe you got BAH. Yeah, because you're you get put on active duty orders when you yeah, go to because you're like you're away and all that. What is it, Title Ten? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh man, I just some at least a year, at least a year. Like something so little, like it matters so much. And what's what's two weekends a month? I mean, two what, what's two days? Two days out of the month. The whole yeah, month, it's, yeah, it's not bad at all. And it's, it's local. You have to stay at home. So see your friends every day if you want, whatever. Yeah. Where it's like active duty, like it's still like a draw if you get fucking put back home. Like luckily I got fucking put back home, and Massachusetts BH is fuck twenty seven hundred. Yeah. I got twenty seven hundred dollars just for housing, let alone food and my actual pay. Like, dude, what's better than that? Like, actually. And you were lucky you got to come. Yeah, you're lucky yeah. you got to come back home. Oh, yes. Like, the odds of that happening is, like... Slim? Slim to none. Yeah. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know my fucking base exists. Yeah. I, I, d- I didn't know. I didn't either. I didn't even know there was a fucking close... Mi- yeah. uh, Everyone knows off the one off the fucking Cape and Quonset, but that's yeah, it. Like, yeah. But, like, I was reading into, like, shit. Like, there's so much that the Northeast has to offer, especially Rhode Island in regards to, like, the military and, like, in, in Massachusetts. Like, yeah, you got, like, the Newport Naval Base. Yeah. You got, like, the Marines over there, Navy. Yeah. Do you know that fucking search that they just did for those submarines was some of our guys helped from Rhode Island? Yeah. Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Florida, fucking uh, Connecticut. That was wild. That whole thing was wild. And I, like... Five people dead. To, to everybody that fucking, like, did the search is, like, that was some persistent-ass shit and... Like, those are the type of people that need to be, like, I wouldn't say awarded, but awarded. Because, yeah. like, they didn't need to do that. They didn't need to go and spend fucking countless hours searching for a ship that, not to put it out there, everybody knew wasn't going to be found. And even if it was found, it was impossible to get up. It would have been the largest underwater rescue in history. Yeah. If they were able to get it. What's crazy is that, yeah, it's a Coast Guard thing because it's, like, a, it's something within a fucking certain mileage of, like, being on the United States border. Yeah. But then it's, like, the Navy got involved, and that's a federal thing where it's, like, that's that's pretty fucking serious for something that's done on a private sector. So it's, like, it wasn't a national emergency for something federally to have been fucking released, and the Navy didn't really have to get in, but the Coast Guard, obviously, yeah, they have to, but. For the Navy to be involved, like it was all hands. Pretty on deck. serious. It was all yeah, hands on deck. Serious. It was uh, like, yeah, it was f- fucking what, four billionaires and a kid. Yeah, like that kid is like a fucking valedictorian though. Yeah, like that. some crazy. So it's like, in all reality, yeah, they were important people, but it's not the fact that I, I don't think they went into like, oh, we need to get these billionaires out of the water. It's like, no, we need to get these people out of the water. Yeah, yeah. But it it sucks that the circumstances happened that even if they were to fi- like I, I read that even if they were to have found it Dude, they still would have taken like two to three hours to would, get them back up they would have no it, from what I heard like the long. only way it would t- the depth that they were it would have taken about 14 to 16 hours just, just to get to them get out down of the water yeah. no to get them out of the water never mind oh, getting okay. down there yeah because they wouldn't have found that there wasn't there's nothing strong enough to pull them up in a fast speed like you can't throw a submarine down there and Get out of the submarine and strap them to the submarine, dude. You want to hear something fucking insane? There was a German U-boat found in Providence River. 
Really? German U-boat from World War II found a problem to yeah, a couple years back. That's crazy. Isn't that fucking insane? From World War II. And then there's something else in Rhode Island that we had a... The most intelligence that came out of World War II was from a an intelligence um, satellite. Like, um, not like a camp, but it was like a house. And, like, they had officers working there. But it was a it was a bunch of satellites. The most intelligence came from Rhode Island for to help win World War II. Dude, if the waters weren't so deep, you know how much shit they could find? Oh, yeah. Because submarines unironically cannot go that deep they can't yeah, no. those are the those are the now, only yes, submissive but like not like those are the before, only no. like like i was reading um like a, a person pull out a scale of like how deep shit is it's like a, like a like a whale like a big ass fucking whale can go down like 400,000 uh, not 400,000 4,000 feet or 4,000 yards under the water and fucking like submarines are like half that yeah and this submissive submarine went down three times that. The temperatures and the fucking pressure. That that thing exploded. Like they they were they were hearing knocking in the water. That was the submarine exploding. Yeah. That's what they were hearing. They were, like the think that like when I heard that I thought they could hear the people knocking on the walls. No, once they got to the bo- I knew as once they got to the bottom that pressure was gonna eat that thing uh, alive. Fucked. Oh yeah, Fuck. they ate them alive. But it's like, like I read something. It was like, I don't really want to stay on this one for too long. But I, I read something. It was like, yeah, it sucks the situation that they were put into, but it's fortunate that they didn't suffer. Yeah. No, like, like think about it. Yeah, the the situation sucked. They got put in a situation where it's literally like, that's you knew it. you were gonna die. Your, your life's over. But it's better. I feel like it's better to end it quickly, than to sit there and literally they would have suffocated to death. Yeah. From not being able to breathe. So yeah. it's like out yeah. like a light or sit there and suffer. It's like you got to weigh out. Like, yeah, it sucks, but like they went out quick. Yeah. So it like didn't affect them. No, I agree. Well, fuck, man. So what's the plans? I've just been working. You know, took a month off when I got back. Got paid for it. I'm just doing work on my dad, Stone Mason. Working on that. Hell yeah. You plan on going active duty now? Nah, because uh, I have the mortar school coming up. Yeah. But, I mean, I could always transfer, but I know active duty guys always give, like, National Guard, like, shit, make fun of them, not call them real military. Real shit I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too, though. But then uh, I then after, like, working with them, I was like, damn, some of the National Guard guys, some of the National Guard guys I've worked with are some of the coolest motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. It's yeah. more or less the National Guard deals with the bullshit you deal with the fucking important shit. Just deal with the politics and they just deal with the fucking bullshit. And yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I'd rather do this. And they're doing the same thing, but I'm dealing with the politics. So I'd rather just fucking join the guard. Get paid. Fucking, you can deployment hop. You don't got to fucking really worry. Then you can come back to the States and be like, all right, cool. Now I'm a regular Joe Schmo again. Obviously, depending on what your job is and if you've had any sort of contact. Yeah, whatever. So like, National Guard, you can actually be on like active duty orders, like ADOS and all that. I don't know the name of it, but you get, like, active duty pay and all that, and it actually counts as active duty time. It's, like, pretty hard to get on, but... Yeah, and then they can get, like, a fucking uh, AGR or Active Guard yeah. Reserve jobs for, like, as a recruiter or, like, like a readiness. NTI. So, like, we have, like, a readiness NCO, which, like, takes care of all the training planning, what we're going to do every single month to, like, the next year, and they get paid pretty good. Yeah, that's all active duty time while in your own state. Yeah, so... I was looking into, like, a... Uh, 
local recruiting as a guard uh, sergeant, and I was like, mm. it seems fucking easy. It's two-year gig, dude. Like, it's two more years, non-deployable. Because, like, some of those fucking special duty pays or some of those special duty jobs, you're non-deployable. So you really don't even, you could fucking collect money, don't deploy in your home state, making fucking bank, and then you're good. Like, good pay, health insurance, pays for housing, pays for food. For what? Not a bad gig. Nine to five, if that. Doesn't sound like sound. Doesn't yeah, sound like a bad idea to me. But that's I already, my ready NCL. He, he, like only works four days a week, and he's making four days on, three days off. That's yeah, crazy. Making good money. Too fucking easy. And then a lot of people would be like, Nah, I don't want to join the military. It's too hard. The basic training's too long. I don't want to be away. Like the basic training goes by super fast. Like it does. Mine was only ten weeks. But like honestly, super what about fast. AIT? So or what do you guys call it? AIT or do you guys call OSIT. it? Uh, OSIT? So like certain jobs called OSIT, which is like one uh, station unit training. So it's just a, a straight through. You stay in the same base, like same instructors and everything. So like Army basics ten weeks, but then yeah, the infantry course, right? I yeah. Think. So at the time, uh, infantry AIT was only four weeks, and. After I graduated, I got lucky. They actually changed it. So, altogether, it have been 22 weeks. So, like, an extra 12 weeks of just being there. But the training's a lot better overall than, what, like, what I had. There's a lot more shit that they were able to cover. I honestly, a lot of the courses that Air Force end up going to are Army instructors or some branch from the Army or had Army regulations. Like, everything is... Army, like, trains a lot. Same with the Corps, obviously, but, like... There's a difference between the Corps and the Army, where it's like the Corps is only needed technically during wartime, and the Army's consistently doing training, consistently having different courses that you can go through, but like everyone still prefers, prefers the Air Force, truthfully. Yeah. Like uh, one of my buddies, when I first got to unit, it's a cool dude, but like he transferred to the Air National Guard. I don't know what he does there, but he says it's so much better. <clears throat> he tries to get me to like switch over and join him. I was like, I don't know. I like the people here. I was like, maybe eventually. A lot of people do it down the line or, like, immediately. Like, there's really no in between because it's, like, sometimes when you go as a NCL, like, they'll take a rank. So, say if you're an E6 and you go to the Air Force, you'll be an E5. Because, like, your E6 roles and responsibilities aren't going to match up with my roles and responsibilities. It's, like, the same thing with, like, transferring fucking jobs where it's, like, I was a firefighter here and I was a fire chief at this fire fire station I transferred to this one, and now I'm not a fire chief no more. Yeah, same like, thing with being a cop. Yeah, team. like different rules, protocols, stuff like that. Yeah, because everything's by fucking uh, fire team, really, or what is it called, um, platoon? Yeah, like honestly, like like you have like platoon SOPs. Uh, was it standard operating procedures? Like every platoon did something a different way that worked for them. So like clearing a room, searching a searching like an enemy. It all comes down to like. How they want to do it. You guys do like a corpse leash? Uh, what's that? Fucking, you put the leash on them and then you drag them? No. Yeah, that's what we do. We do so that. it's like, it's like a, a dead guy? Yeah. Was it make sure they're dead? No, it's to make sure they don't have a fucking IED under them. Because if they move and it's pressure plated, they're going to blow up. And obviously I'm at a distance. So when I fucking tug it. So we have 550 cord and we also have a, what are those fucking, the clips called? Um, aerosol, the aerosol guys use them. Oh, carabiner? Yeah, the carabiners. You attach 550 cord and you 
put the 550 cord like around their fucking belt loop or their vest and you pull them just to make sure they have like no fucking bombs on them because obviously like it was the wartime that we still have our SOPs or SSIs which are mine special whatever it's instructions but um everything was wartime like terrorist related Afghanistan Iraq IEDs related like all that shit and obviously like modern day war is different because now it's more like cyber war cyber warfare like stupid shit like that mm-hmm. but things are bound to change with different wars it's like the same thing with our camo like our camo was designed for where we were typically fighting when it was Iraq Afghanistan was Kuwait camouflage. yeah Helped you blend in with this, the different sceneries. Yeah, that's why we had digital camo. And then now, technically, because it's the way that it's looking is more jungle and earth warfare. That's why we have our OCPs. What are those? Our uniforms that we wear now. Like oh. the fucking the camouflage. You see my camouflage. That yeah. one. Like my last camouflage and yours, same thing. was like fucking gray. It was like gray and pixelated. That's digital. So it's more or less you, you adapt your clothing with your environment. Exactly. And then obviously, like the special operations guys have, they have fucking everything. They have Gucci gear, like they get the best shit. Yeah, they have fucking everything. Cry uniforms and shit. It's fucking sick, but it's crazy. A lot of shit that goes into that, dude. So much, so much. The smallest thing, like people wouldn't even fucking think. Even your boots. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I wear low cut boots. Everyone I was working with the army guys are like, you don't blouse your fucking pants. You wear low cut boots. So I'm like, we have a different mission set, and my regulations are way different than yours. Yeah. So like. I usually tuck my boots in, I mean my pants into my boots. Oh yeah, yeah, like people that blouse them. Yeah, I don't fucking do that shit. Yeah, like I prefer tucking them in. And that's like another thing, dude. You go through basic training and they fucking ream you for shit like that. Yeah, it's like you have to tuck your like tuck your pants into your boots. That's why I still do it like to this day. Like blousing. Supports the habit. Yeah, like blousing looks better, but I just prefer. What's blousing like? So it's like the outside strings. So that's like these strings that go around your ankles, mm-hmm. and then you get your fucking pants and you just. Oh, all right. Like a, a oh, yeah, okay. it just it looks, looks, it looks better. Oh, yeah, I got you. And then you can obviously like you get out of fucking basic training, and then you can get like your pants altered to you, and like it's like a narrow fit and shit. But like I have combat pants, so I have a fucking uh, a Velcro strap. So you're fancy. Oh yeah. My my uniforms, my, my bottoms are three fifty and my top is like three hundred dollars. Tweak. I just wore my Oof. summer I just wore my summer uniform there. It's like nice button down, cool. They're like pajamas almost. I have I have a couple pairs. Fucking dude, they're light as fuck. Yeah. The so only problem is is like they fade in weird spots, so like your thighs will fade but your crotch won't. Yeah. It's like uh like the shins too. Yeah. Like it'll stay green. Like mine are just like faded, like insane. Mm-hmm. Just all gray and just patch of green right in the legs. So you got like um, you got like obviously you got like your your like close future like set up. You got any like ideas of like what you thinking of like super later on? Like after you do this class, is like do you want to specifically like test the waters and try to stick with this, or are you looking to like just get another thing under your belt? More I, or less. I think I would like to stick with the infantry set. Like, I just love the training and everything about it. Like, sometimes it sucks. Like, being in the woods, it's like piss and rain. Three in the morning, you have, like, a mission to go on. Like, that sucks. But then you go look back at it. It's like, oh, yeah, that wasn't too bad. I don't know. I just enjoy that. Yeah. Right. Good stories with good people. That's really what fucking keeps a lot of people in. 
truthfully, is the people. Especially, like, shitty moments like that. You embrace, like, the suck together. And, like, that ruck I had to do in basic, that sucked. And, like, before we left Kuwait, my CO actually wanted us to climb a mountain in Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, we woke up 2 in the morning. We left by 3. Waited until, like, 4 to climb a mountain. Like, middle of the night, just waiting. Just sitting, sitting in the sand for a certain time. Then we climb a mountain. 10 miles like five up five down and it sucked but looking back at it like good experience like with all the people sucked but at the end of the day it was something to say i could have done yeah you're not gonna get that camaraderie anywhere else like no one's like we're not gonna fucking wake you up before in the morning be like let's go fucking swim the providence river like no that's just a standard that it's like there's some type of fucking insane standard that's in the military for shit like that where it's like we're going to test it and we're going to do it together. I'm not going to do it by my fucking self and all these guys are coming with me. So let's do it. And then later you laugh about it, truthfully. Yeah, you think it's a, you think it's rough in the uh, before you face it, but like afterwards, it's like, I'm glad I did that. And like, it's something to talk about. Yeah. And like, even throughout like the whole shit and while you're going through it, someone's always making jokes about it. I know yeah. like my team fucking every time something goes wrong, we're fucking suffering, but someone's making us laugh and whether it be in a fucking... 110 fucking degree Humvee or I'm fucking sitting here waiting two hours for some fucking bullshit commander's call. We're just fucking like, where the fuck's the commander at? Like, this guy thinks we have all the time in the world. Yeah, I mean, like in my platoon, I was usually the one that cracked jokes at all the unnecessary times. Like, I got yelled at for it, but... It's like, like you need it. Yeah, so... You, talk there was, back. Yeah, you there literally, was, like, listen back on it. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, so there was one time you couldn't have phones in our talk, which is like, all like, where all the mission setups going on and couldn't have our phones in there. And our CEO had like a Q, like a QR code just on the door. I walk in one day, just out loud and blatant. I was like, well, fucking idiot. Put this on the door. My sergeant looks at me. It's like, yo, calm down. He's like, it was like literally in the room over. I don't know if you heard me, but then like everyone started laughing. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, like what idiot put this in here? And I'm like, oh, the CEO. I'm like, Oh, like, fuck. <laughs> it's like you can't use a phone in here, but you got a fucking QR code just there. That's yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> we were... Uh, something was happening on base where we were taking... Um, I guess it was IDF. But uh, someone put a text in the chat, and one of the kids walking, uh, it's our equivalent of the Army talk, and he was like, what fucking dumbass warned us of the IDF? And, my, and the guy that was with you was like, it was me? Because you guys are supposed to go take cover, f- seek shelter, and he was like, "Oh my bad." <laughs> it's like, dude, it's like stupid shit like that. So you need that because it's like you have a serious situation that you're in all the time, being in the service. It's like you need to realize that you are a person. Like, there's reality behind it. Like, you need to know that you can be serious and be chill at the same time. Like, yeah. you need that balance. You need to know that. There's always a t- time and place, but like in certain, th- you don't always got to be serious. It's always a time to crack a joke or to laugh about something. It th- that's with anything. It's like I feel like a lot of people take shit too serious. They just need that crack. They need that crack a joke. Yeah. They they need that little laughter here and there to like even their mind out, so they're not so worried about like being so friggin' strict or like so um, defiant to themselves. A lot of people don't understand, like, break, breaking the ice is extremely, extremely important, especially with, like, super stressful situations because it fucking puts people at ease. Like, yeah, we're all fucking scared. We're all nervous. 
We're not going to say that because obviously if I'm nervous, I'm going to make him more nervous. And then we just start bullshitting about fucking pulling security or something. Something stupid. Yeah, something that's like fucking dumb. Like, that's why I liked having those older guys with me, like, that been through combat. Like, like they can make it at ease, like, make it not, like, less stressful. Like, when they first told me I was deployed, I was, like, nervous. I was thinking I'll be in, like, combat, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I spoke to them. And they're like, yeah, it's probably going to be nothing anyways. And it actually came down, like, we did nothing. And nothing really happened. And having them there, like, made it a lot easier. Yeah, dude, getting to know your people and then, like, obviously understanding, like, the different roles and responsibilities, but also what they've been through and getting tight with them, that means a lot. So fucking much. And that's, like, again, it's just with, with anything. It's like beating a dead horse. Like, truthfully, with society, that should mean a lot. Because obviously, like, if you're new to a job, someone's going to have more experience than you, even a day more experience. That's something that you didn't go through that they went through the, the day before. So... So, um, I, I think this is like a good question for the both of you, um, since you guys are both in the service. Like, say if some of the, someone like right now is watching and like contemplating it, like what would be your like pros and cons between the both of you that you would give somebody to look at um, that's either on the verge of wanting to do it or on like the verge of like not wanting to do, like going into the service. So. I could say from a National Guard standpoint, and I'm pretty, you could say from an active duty standpoint because it's both totally, completely, like, different things. I would say from the Guard, a good pro is, like, meeting people and getting connections and, like, b- like making a name for yourself. It's so, like, you can meet people from all different walks of life. Like I said, like, I can meet somebody that is, like, a cop, fire department, electrician, all that. And, like, they can help you get places. A con, honestly, I wouldn't really say there's a con in the guard at all. It's like, like I said, like once a month, you get, you get your college paid for in state, and you get like a paycheck every month. It's not a lot, but it's still something like for your bills. Right. I agree. I'd say one thing to consider is truthfully, if you join active duty, it's like make sure this is what you want to do. And I would not say to sign for six, I'd say to sign for four. And I say this because your first year is basically you training and then you have three years of real life experience. Say if you get sick of it and somewhere in between, you're not going to have two more years where you have to do that. However, if you get to the four years and say if you want to do the six, you can just extend for two extra years. You don't have to re-sign anything. You're just doing an extension. Off the sit, like jumping straight for six years is a long time that you're committing of your life. But I'd say, like, truthfully, the pros is that it gives you an, an outstanding fucking way to start your life. It's a really good platform. It's a really good way to get, again, get, like you was saying, get your name out there and your trust. Like, a lot of military members are trusted. And then on top of that, like, free school, dude. Like, if for whatever reason you get out after your four years, you're guaranteed school. You can do school and manage certain grades and certain classes, and then they'll pay you like you were still actively in the military just for going to school. So as you get out, you get out of the military and you're like, damn, I don't know what I want to do yet. You can go to school for whatever you want to do if you needed a degree. And then maybe even you want to get back in and become a fucking officer and see the other way of how the military runs on the more political side. If that's what you're into, I'd say the cons. I mean, like probably being away from. Your family. Yeah, being away from your family is definitely one of them. How much you have to be away and sacrifice your time because like joining the military and being in the military, it's not a job, but it's a lifestyle. It's a whole lifestyle change. You have to be fully committed onto that, and you also need to have, like, members with you 
commit to that. And I'd say the only other thing active duty wise is like you get so close with people and then they leave your station, they they go somewhere else or they get out where these people don't last forever. You have great fucking friends and good camaraderie with that last forever, but they not may you may not be around them forever. I may be around you for three, four years and the next thing you know, you're off to some other duty station and I never see you again. However, your paths always cross. Deployments, TDYs, fucking trainings, whatever. They always cross and like obviously you're on like friends with them on Facebook, social media is whatever, but I'd say like that is the most depressing part because I mean for me specifically, it's like speaking from experience, all my friends have PCS that I've been in the same base with. I'm literally one of two that's left. Has what? One of two people that is left from like the OG fucking oh, right. base that I was at. I'd say that's what sucks. Yeah. But that's with anything. Some people retire. People fucking die. I mean, it's just the way life goes. It's more or less just figure out where... Figure, figure out really where you want. Play, play your pros and cons. Because, like you said, if you go active, the chance of you staying home is slim to none. Once you're gone, you're pretty much... Well, you're not gone forever, but you're gone. It's like you you got to serve your time where you are, where they where they tell you. It's like yeah, if you get a chance of fucking coming home, fucking take it. Obviously, if that's what you want. But I know a lot of people that go, they want to experience the new life out there. Um, but if you want to serve and stay close to home, the the guard is also a great spot to go. Obviously, I didn't go. Um, I always said I was going to, but I kind of went in it. I went. I, my thoughts of wanting to go into the service were for the wrong reasons. The re- that's, so that's the reason why I didn't. I thought service, money. Like the, That's the first thing they tell you. It's great money. Great money and great health care, dude. Guaranteed. That's, Guaranteed. So it's like I went, in, I went in. I was like, oh, I'm going to go into the service, but for that mindset. So it was like, am I going into the service for the money or am I going into the service because I want to? And then I figured out, I was like, I was only going into the service because of the money. So I was like, maybe this really isn't for me. I'll think about it in a couple of years. And if I want to, I, I always have a chance to go. It's like, it doesn't matter. You sit on it for a couple of years and obviously I'm here. I didn't go. So it's like, it wasn't for me. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's like, everybody's got their own path. So it's like, and now I'm on, now I'm on a new path for myself. I'm trying to find some different things out, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But that's with everybody. You just gotta find you gotta find your strong suit, pretty much. I agree. I think that's a good. Uh, honestly, I think this is a good conversation to fucking conclude this. Because yeah. truthfully, I mean, that's what he was here for. I mean, show the pros and the cons. I mean, talked about his deployment, and there's a difference between what he does and what I do. But at the same, like, we all, big mission-wise, like, we're all, we're all apart. Right. And, like, the sense of feeling, a sense of accomplishment, the, fen- the sense of purpose, it's what stays in the military. Like, we're the best for a reason. We're the best 1% of the United States populace. We're the best military, like, point-blank period. People look to us for a reason. And I feel like that's a good way to feel accomplished and a good way to conclude the podcast. I agree. I agree. Well, Anthony, obviously, thank you for... I know the today was a little today was a little weird. We had uh, we had something going on before the podcast, which extended out um, over when he was supposed to be on the podcast. So I know it is a little late, but I appreciate you sticking around, staying to actually come on the podcast. Um, I do apologize for it, but I'm glad that you were that you stuck around and actually were able to come on the podcast. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. It was like 
Right, seeing like seeing you both again. Yeah, yeah, dude. Sense of nostalgia, but no, seriously, I'll thank you. I thank you for being the one percent that fucking decided yep. to raise their hand. And even though I'm there too, but like just it's not just many people want to do people, it. Yeah, not a lot of people won't do it. Yeah, um, obviously, thank you for everything that you do. Um, and I wish you nothing. We wish you nothing but the best of luck on whatever you do in the future. Um, but on that note, I hope you guys did enjoy today's podcast. If you did, make sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe down below. Don't forget to hit the notification bell, and we'll catch you guys in the next podcast. Take it easy. Peace out.